0: Abuhai, aloha, half a day, hello. I'm JP. You're listening to Hijinks, a podcast delivered by Howard County Library System. Here we are, looking back at the year gone by and gearing up for the new one ahead. It's time to hear about your favorite books of 2023. We visited the branches and spoke with the staff and community members about their favorite reads. I'm sure you'll want to add these titles to your to-be-read pile. You can always place your requests at hclibrary.org using your library card and PIN number. So let's get to it and hear all about your best books of 2023.
1: My name is Leonard. I enjoyed a graphic novel called Mouse and it was very uh, eye-opening about history. And it's very good to look in the past to see that we don't repeat our mistakes in the future. I highly recommend a graphic novel called Mouse.
0: My name is Fran Pisano. Two of my favorite books this year for adults were The Sweetness of Water by Nathan Harris. It was his first time novel and it's wonderful. It's about post-South Revolution. And it just, he's a wonderful writer. He's poetic. I highly recommend it. And then a fun book, just a lighthearted book, is The Remarkably Bright Creatures. And it got me totally turned on octopus and I no longer eat them.
2: My name is Allison. There are two literary genres I can't say no to. Midwestern gothic fiction and literary horror. And that's because I am from Nebraska and I used to sneak Stephen King books off the bookcase when I was too young to be allowed to read them. My best book of 2023 is Lone Women. Lone Women by Victor Laval, It really just checks all those boxes for me. A Lone Woman is the story of a young black woman named Adelaide who is on the run from something. She's fleeing her family's farm in California and heading to Montana because Montana was one of the few places a lone woman was able to obtain property without a husband. So this story is set in 1914 and disappearing back then, disappearing without a trace was significantly easier than it would be today. So Adelaide, she wants to run away from her past, her family, her secrets, and she's hoping that Montana will be that fresh start for her. And she is a tough lady, really tough, but she is also one of the most empathetic characters I've ever encountered in a book. You truly feel for her. In fact, actually, all of Laval's characters come to life right off the page and become people in your life in this just beautiful, flowing, lyrical writing, the kind of book you just want to breathe in the words. I won't spoil Anything here, of course, but you can probably tell where this is going. You cannot run your secrets. They will catch up with you. They will find you. You will have to confront them. And that's what happens to Adelaide when she starts this fresh life in Montana. But on top of this backstory that she's grappling with, and there's a lot of twists and turns that you'll have to find out for yourself, she is also trying to exist as a Black unmarried woman in the early 1900s in a remote part of the country. And Laval crafts that aspect of the story really well. This was a book I just couldn't stop consuming. Um, I kept finding excuses to sneak off and read more of it, but at the same time, I was dreading the end because it's not a long read, it goes very quickly. I've recommended this book to so many people and anyone who has read it has devoured it just like I did. So I hope you uh, enjoy Lone Women by Victor Laval.
3: Hello, fellow readers. My name is Beth, she, her, and I work at the Central Branch. In 2023, I discovered that I was tired of books with despicable characters. I was fed up with books with immoral, self-absorbed pains in the neck who made me say, who cares? Dump the whole lot of them. Think, for example, The Dinner by Herman Koch or Normal People by Sally Rooney. My cure for that is Dinosaurs. The novel Dinosaurs by Linda Millette. Dinosaurs features Gil, a kind but quirky, I mean, he walks across the United States from New York to Arizona, to settle into a new house and into a new perspective on life. His interactions and those of his neighbors end up reflecting so many different forms of human love. I even ended up feeling some sympathy for the neighborhood bully. If you seek a spare, beautifully written novel offering characters with whom you will connect, Dinosaurs is the one for you. Oh, and the title? Well, that's a topic for discussion. Dinosaurs by Lydia Millette.
1: So I am going to mention a couple books first that I just want to recognize as being uh, fantastic reads. First is Ninth House by Lee Bardugo, classified as a horror, um, but it's a mystery. It's an adventure uh takes place on the Yale campus in New Haven, Connecticut, which I live close enough to be able to walk around and see all the buildings and uh, landmarks that are mentioned in the book. Fast-paced, a lot of drama, great, great read. Uh, second is Slew by Brahm, which takes place, basically, I think during puritanical times. It's written really, really well. The language used really brings you to that time period and it is basically the story of a magical beast that befriends a woman who needs a friend very badly. And then my favorite book, 10,000 Doors of January by Alex E. Harrow. takes place early 1900s, starts out with the story of a little girl who finds a strange book or a magical book and some abilities that uh, enable her to travel to places that normal people can't travel to. It is definitely a epic adventure story it's heartwarming, it's thrilling, and it is the one book that I wish I could go back and read again and again and again for the first time.
4: To Shape a Dragon's Breath by Monoquel Black Goose tells the story of an indigenous queer young woman, Anacus, who discovers a dragon and has to go to dragon school within a colonizer's society. It's set in an alternate timeline America, and she really wants nothing to do with the colonizers society. She thinks she's just fine the way she is, and it's a most wonderful story. The author is indigenous. The protagonist is indigenous, and the dragons are awesome. So, highly recommend *To Shape a Dragon's Breath* by Monica Black Goose. The other wonderful book I read this year was completely different. It was *All the Beauty in the World: The Metropolitan Museum of Art and Me* by Patrick Bringley. This is nonfiction. It's a memoir. Patrick Bringley spent 10 years as a gallery guard at the Met. He took this job despite the fact that he was hired by the New Yorker out of college so that he could spend more time with his brother who was dying of cancer. So there's a sad element to this story, but it's mostly about his interactions with the great art of the world at the Met in New York. It's short, it's sweet, and it's a wonderful audiobook.
5: My My is John and the book I'd like to recommend is Landmarks by Robert McFarlane. I recommend everything Robert Macfarlane has ever written. He writes about nature and places in the United Kingdom. He writes in a way that will change your thinking about places, wherever the places are that you're thinking about. Uh, this book does several things. First of all, it's really accessible, really fun to read. Macfarlane talks about lots and lots of different places. And with each kind of place that he talks about, he provides a glossary of local and historic words for talking about rural places, conditions, describing things in this really deep way that we don't do anymore. For instance, lots of different words for the water flowing in a stream and each word is specific to something about the geography or geology or pace or weather of of the water. So, first of all, you end up with this really long list of these missing terms, these lost local terms, and then also in creating this wonderful book that he's created himself, MacFarlane does that by connecting with a lot of his friends, and contacts who are themselves nature authors so in each chapter he gives you this deep recommendation for something else to read. There's a particularly effective section uh, where he describes a book written by somebody who has spent her whole life living and walking in the Cairngorm mountains in Scotland and she has this deep understanding of of the cairngorms and he both explores that but then addresses and and encourages us to read her book mcfarlane has written a number of other books and once you've experienced this one i think you're going to want to find those other ones and enjoy those too i've never read anything like this it's ambitious creative and does Everything that it sets out to do extraordinarily successfully. And the book is called Landmarks. Enjoy it.
6: Hi, I'm Angie Engels,
5: and I'm an instructor
6: and research specialist at the Central Branch. Today, I would like to talk about what you are looking for is in the library by Muchio Aoyama. Embark on a heartwarming journey through Tokyo with a collection of interconnected tales, all centered around the enchanting Hatori community house a haven nestled beside an elementary school. Within its walls lies a treasure trove of stories illuminated by the warmth of a small but well-stocked library and the guidance of the charming librarian Sayori Komachi. In this delightful series of vignettes, the lives of Tokyo residents unfold with grace and meaning. Ms. Komachi, a literary muse akin to a benevolent spirit, gently nudges her patrons towards self-discovery, offering not just books, but also a sprinkle of thoughtful insights and a whimsical bonus gift. Meet Tomaka, a 21-year-old navigating the bustling city after leaving her tranquil hometown. Ryo, a 35-year-old dreamer in the accounts department yearning to open an antique shop. Hiroya, a 30-year-old illustrator grappling with anxiety. Natsumi, a 40-year-old former magazine editor finding her way post-maternity. And Masao, a newly retired 65-year-old rediscovering life beyond four decades of devoted work. Each character is delicately crafted, their stories unfolding with care and compassion. As they traverse the pages, you'll witness the blossoming realizations about the potential that lies ahead, transferring their fears and uncertainties. This is a literary haven where hope and joy radiate, offering solace to those at pivotal crossroads in life. Step into a world where the narrative embraces you like a gentle breeze, weaving tales that resonate with a loveliness of self-discovery
7: and a promise of brighter tomorrows. Hello fellow book lovers, this is Cherise Tasker, Instructor and Research Specialist at the Central Branch. For your consideration is the book Small Things Like These by Claire Keegan. The setting is 1980s rural Ireland during the Christmas season. I am a sucker for Irish writers and Keegan has me hooked. I first met her writing when I read Foster, the source material for a beautiful movie I also have to recommend, called The Quiet Girl. That work was perfect in every way. Every word was exactly where it should be. The characters were immediately engaging. There was very little plot, but oh, so much for the reader to think about. Small things like these is no different. We are immediately plunged into the world of Bill Furlong, a thoughtful, hard-working supplier of coal and lumber. He is grateful for his wife, his financially stable life in economically treacherous times, and his five daughters for whom he provides a loving home and a solid Catholic school education. Bill himself was born out of wedlock and yearns to know who his father was, although few people from his early life remain to shed light on his parentage. Bill cares about those around him, and as he tries to sleep each night, his mind is, quote, going over small things like these. We follow Bill as he stumbles upon the exploitation of young girls and women at a local convent. Will Bill risk what he knows and what he has and stand against this oppression?
8: This is Julie McGuire, children's instructor and research specialist at the Miller Branch. If you're looking for a light, fun rom-com, check out Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld. Sally Mills is a sketch comedy writer for The Night Owls, Think a fictionalized SNL. She's over 30, divorced, funny, and slightly bitter about love. Sally writes a sketch one week called The Danny Horst Rule, named after one of her coworkers, about how seemingly mediocre, even this is Sally's word, schlubby men can date way out of their leagues, but the same never seems to apply for women. This week's host of the show, gorgeous pop star Noah Brewster, seems intent on breaking this rule but Sally is having a hard time believing that Noah is truly interested in her. Having read real-life memoirs of SNL writers like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Leslie Jones, and more, Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld felt real to me. From the writing process to table reads to the live shows, Sittenfeld clearly did her homework and was also able to deliver a witty contemporary romance that made me smile from start to finish.
9: Hey everyone, it's your neighborhood friendly librarian, Carmen Jessup from the East Columbia Branch. And I wanted to share a graphic novel that I am absolutely loving. It is called Bell of the Ball by Marie Costa. It's a graphic novel and it centers around the main character, Hawkins, who is her high school mascot. And she's in a bit of a crush triangle with the head cheerleader named Regina and Regina's girlfriend Chloe, who happens to be a childhood friend of Hawkins. If you're looking for something that is uplifting, romantic, it's a rainbow read, I highly, highly recommend this. I read it in one day. I recommended it to my nine-year-old and she is practically um, finished with it. It's one of those books that can be recommended to people of all ages. It's lighthearted. It's uh, a good book about friendship and romance and staying true to who you are. I I think you're going to love it.
1: I'm
0: Izzy or Idris, either one. Right now I'm reading a book called Hell Followed With Us. A friend
5: recommended it to me
0: and I'm enjoying it, but I'm a very queasy person and the prose is like, not just like gory, but just like very in depth. Like you get all the little nitty gritty details of how people die and I don't really, really love that. But it's also like, wow, this is so beautiful. It's written so well. So like there's a conflict there. Yeah, I'm enjoying it right now. There's a lot of like trans and queer characters, which I really, really like. The main character is annoying me a little bit so far. So I'll have to let you know how that goes. But but it's I'm going to see it through. Yeah.
10: I'm Kim and I work at the Glenwood branch. My pick for 2023 is Bear Town by Frederick Bachman. Confession, my favorite read in 2023 wasn't just that single book, but the whole Beartown trilogy. Sorry if that's cheating. I am a big fan of Frederick Bachman's unique writing style. Most of the time, he starts out by telling the end from the beginning, Romeo and Juliet style, and then leaves hints and breadcrumbs as the story unfolds, which it keeps me intrigued and wanting to read just one more page, one more chapter, and then once each novel was finished I wanted to know even more about the characters. Luckily for me, there were two more books, Beartown is the first, then Us Against You, and the concluding novel is The Winners. This trilogy centers around a small town and the all-encompassing hockey team. Personally, I've only ever watched one hockey game in my entire life, so don't let the sports of it all discourage you if you're not a hockey fan. At its heart, the Beartown books are character-driven, realistic fiction about loyalty, friendship, kindness, courage to go against the crowd, and having big dreams in a small town.
0: Kim, that is definitely not cheating. I'm going to say it's fine to have a trilogy as your favorite read of 2023. My favorite book this year was Leg, the story of a limb and the boy who grew from it. This memoir made me laugh, cringe, and fall in serious like with Greg Marshall. He's a fantastic storyteller. And between his mom living with never-ending cancer diagnoses and his father dying from ALS and how the Wizard of Oz is always connecting back to something, it's no wonder that this book made me laugh until I cried. The struggle of not understanding yourself and the body you were born with only adds to the saying that truth is stranger than fiction. I mean, what would you do if you found out your family hid the fact from you that you were born with cerebral palsy until you stumbled upon it at 30 years old? That's leg. So if you like David Sedaris or laughing at the absurdity of life, this book is for you. And according to our calculations, it appears that you, the avid readers of Howard County, have made Verity by Colleen Hoover, the number one requested and borrowed book for 2023 at Howard County Library System. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hijinx. Special thanks to our contributing voices and the Hijinx team, Christy, Simone, Addison, and Lauren. From all of us at Hijinx and Howard County Library System, may your winter be warm and your celebrations sweet. Wishing you love, light, and lots of great reads.